To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 93. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back for another edition of the podcast. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob, alongside Ramon. Carlos is not here today to record, but we got a treat for y'all. We got Myron Smothers here, the, aka the Mind of Myron, who started plenty of podcasts, not about sports, but about everything else. He's a staple in the media game. Go follow him on The Mind of Myron. He has his own brand. He has merchandise that he's about to sell pretty soon. He's big time. So we got a, he got some big shoes to fill, but I'm very confident that he can fill those shoes just based on his experience. What's up, Myron? Yeah, Rob made me sound way more important than I am. Not that important. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't, get, don't get on here with the <laughs> humble Rob, man. Let him know what you were about. We know what you about. We know your your uh your, your resume and all that, man. So you ain't got to come up here with the whole humble thing and I haven't done anything. Let them know what you about, bro. Ramon, oh, yeah. if we keeping it a book, Rob only invited me because I told him he was ducking the smoke. So, <laughs> so, so this is this is him. I think he's very prepared for whatever no. I got to say. No, I, yeah, you're right. You said that like uh, I think a week and a half ago, and I went into the lab and I got my stuff together, and I said I hit him up with a text. Hey, you want to do the podcast next week? He was like, sure. But I appreciate him, man. Myron is my brother. He's my friend. We go way back. He's been on the podcast before, and we enjoyed him. The listeners enjoyed him so much that we. We said, who better to fill in for Los in this situation than Myron? So we about to get into a couple topics. Uh, first off, I want to tell Myron that we do not appreciate you wearing Eagles paraphernalia on our platform. But I guess because you're my friend, I'll let it slide. All right. So it was either this or a Maverick shirt. Which one? Which one oh would have been God. better? Yeah, okay. I'd rather be, I, I guess. I, it's I don't sports know. Pie, so I feel like it's only right to rip. And... Um, <laughs> I was feeling green today, you know. Ramon, Ramon got his midnight green on as well, you know. Fly Eagles, fly. Yeah, uh, yeah so I ain't wearing it for that reason, though. He must knew. He must have knew. Let me find out, Let me let me find out. Let me find out, Ramon. But yeah, anyway, plug your socials in, man. Where can these people find you? Uh, they want to know who who's the host. They want to try to get to know you. They're trying to warm up to you right now. Where can they find you on social, man? At the mind of mine on everything. At the mind of mine. Just, just it. I Pretty simple. Plug in your merchandise site that you have, an inspirational site that you got going on too. 
See, this man got a lot going on. I knew what I was doing when I invited him on. Yeah, but a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff has been uh kind of in pause. Uh-huh. So if you follow the mind of mine, then when everything like gets kicked back off, uh, you'll be able to get all the other resources and stuff. I got some things in the works that's mis- not, might not necessarily be what people thought I would be doing. Um, but you know, open some doors close and other ones randomly you find keys for and you open them. So yeah, you dig. Let's get into some some sports, Rob. For sure, for sure. <laughs> well, every episode I do this is tradition. I ask everyone how they're doing. How y'all brothers doing today? Man, I'm doing good, man. It's been a a pretty decent day for me. Not too hectic or crazy or anything. Uh, just been kind of looking forward to this moment. I knew we were bringing Myron on, so I've been kind of waiting for the pod to get going. So as I always say, man, I'm just kind of ready to get into it, bro. All right. All right. So since last time we recorded, I must plug these great brothers as a dope podcast out there out of Canada called the chat room podcast. Those brothers invited us on opinionated bench warmers and we recorded some dope content. And I'm not just saying it because I was on it. I listened to it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Nah, Make nah, sure nah, that Rob, you- Rob, 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 you dope. Say that because you own it. <laughs> Hey, no, stop being, man. hey, didn't I, I heard somebody just told me that. Stop being humble, man. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, you it's... was on you was in Canada, man. Everybody ain't in two countries on podcast. You hey, better man. let these people know. Hey, that was a dope, that was, that was a real, real dope episode that we was able to record. Make sure that you follow those guys, the chat room podcast. Those guys are out of Canada. We did a collaborative episode. It's out now on all platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you listen to your podcast. You can find that episode. So if you're interested in listening to us collaborate with those brothers then make sure that you check them out uh again shout out to those guys we hopefully can do some more dope content in the future uh but those guys we had a blast doing it and that episode is released it's on youtube as well so search the chat room podcast on youtube you'll be able to find us and the latest episode is featuring us the opinionated bench woman so we're making moves out here guys hang with us we appreciate you for all the love and support while we're plugging them, we're going to plug ourselves. O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure that you're following us there for any sports content that you like. We're going to go ahead and get into the episode here. We got Myron again on the episode. We appreciate you for taking time out your busy day because you are you 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 got a lot going on. So we appreciate you for taking time out your schedule. Ramon, let's get into it. Since last time we recorded, we had an interesting debate. We're going to get into it real quick. I'm going to shout out to the chat room podcast because I stole. I'm going to steal this topic. But we discussed on that podcast who's the most complete actor, Will Smith or Denzel Washington. We already know how Ramon feel. We already know how I feel. Myron, we're going to ask you real quickly. We're going to move on from this. But I'm really interested in seeing how you feel about this topic. Who is the most complete actor to you, Denzel Washington or Will Smith and why? I'm just not thinking too much. I'm just going to go Will. I think because Will, I think when you say complete, you able to hit every lane. And like Will can do pretty much every role. You haven't really seen Denzel in a comedy. Um, Now, if it's an action movie, I'm going to take Denzel all day. Um, But Will can also do action um, in more serious films. But I, I think I think as an overall, like can hit, can do a comedy show, but still be, um, what's that movie he did with his son? Um, uh, the Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, like you can switch up the roles, be bad boys. Like, you know, Will is just a, 
can touch more lanes to me um, than Denzel, but I don't think he's necessarily better than Denzel at what Denzel does best. So I'm going to go yeah. with him. All right, I'm outnumbered on this podcast right now because you said the same sentiments that Ramon and a couple of others from the chat room podcast said. But I will say about Denzel is that as far as classic movies and your favorite movies, it's hard to debate Will versus, because Will has had a lot of trash movies. Name me one trash Denzel movie. Um, Mediocre. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some, but see, that's not the question. You like know, you said, who's the more complete? Complete. Yeah, that's, that's a trick and question. I'm going to chime in right here because that's what I've been trying to say this whole time and that's what I think that is gets kind of missed like this is complete versus you saying who is better if we say who is better I think Denzel is the one like Denzel is the goat to me as far as like acting wise just as far as the best but if you talk about complete and you look across the spectrum going from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to, like you said, the pursuit of happiness, seven pounds, bad boys. It's so many different lanes that Will has been in. And so when I think of complete, I'm taking Will. But if you ask me who I think is the better actor, then I'm going to tell you that I'm taking Denzel. If you're going to ask me which movies I would overall, which catalog overall I would take from a just movie perspective, I would say Denzel. But Will has just that complete i've had my hands in so many different things and it's just the diversity is there and the fact that will has had i mean i think since then he might have had acting training but when he did fresh prince uh fresh prince of bel-air i mean he just was really just freestyling you know so that's quite amazing in itself i digress will never played a bad guy in a movie so you're talking about complete i want to see him play the bad guy and he hasn't done it denzel has done that multiple times in multiple ways so complete i don't know if i can give you guys that but your opinion is your opinion all right so we're gonna move on we're gonna get into some sports now because that's what we do since last we recorded the nfl 2021 nfl draft has transpired we know where these rookies will land Get your Dynasty League notes together. We're about to jump into it. There's a lot of great talent that went to uh, some good teams. There's some mediocre talent and some questionable moves that were made in this draft. But I don't want to talk about that right now. We're going to get into it all. I just want to first off talk about how trash it was that the height of the, the draft was that a fan gets to sit in the commissioner's chair that he sat in during the virtual draft in 2020 how trash was that Roger Goodell looked very uncomfortable he was mad it looked like he was mad that they were sitting in his chair in the first place he probably burned that chair I would have I mean all these different strangers sitting in my chair I'm not putting that back in my house but what is up with the NFL man it's like they want to be the NBA so bad as far as being like the NBA listens to its fans like when with the all-star game we was like, we were tired of seeing a traditional East versus West. So they experimented. And then the fans said, hey, it would be dope if you did it like a street ball style where you choose two captains and they get to pick their teams. The NBA did it. But the NFL is trying to cater to the fans. And the best thing that they come up with is that you get to sit into this chair and I get to see the draft pick two seconds before the commissioner says it. So I can't tweet it out. I, it's nothing exclusive. 
you know, like Roger Goodell barely interacted with them. Like, what do y'all think about that? Where's the NFL? Like, this leads to two topics. How trash was that? I want y'all to speak on that. But secondly, about the NFL, what do you feel like they have to do to get the fans more engaged like the NBA? I Rob, I, I kind of disagree with you. I, I think the trail was trash, but I mean, I think the NFL doesn't really have to do anything to get the fans involved because the fans are already involved. Like the draft is one of the most watched events on TV. So them just throwing a chair in there is just kind of extra because we were going to watch anyway. <laughs> um, if we see as we see right now, like the NBA is struggling for ratings, uh, it's struggling with ratings and stuff. Football is never really going to have that that problem. Um so, I mean, them trying to do something extra for the fans is just like just trying something, seeing if it sticks. But they know at the end of the day, we're we're going to be there. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it that's is. That's how the major – that's what the MLB made a mistake, man, thinking that fans would always be there. Now the MLB is struggling with ratings. They're struggling with keeping uh, players engaged. But go ahead, Ramon. I didn't mean to jump in back. Yeah, nah. My feedback is probably a little bit different across the board. Number one – I didn't feel that the chair was as trash as y'all oh. think it is, man. <laughs> I didn't think that it was as trash. <laughs> and I, I'm going to say it from this, this regard. If any of the three of us were out there and we had gotten called up on stage, we would have all relished in that moment that we got a chance to be on stage at the NFL draft and sit in the seat. We would have been probably posting pics on social media and all that afterwards from what just transpired there. So, like, why it may not have been the greatest measure, I think what it did was – it connected us to also a moment that we had, you know, last year in the draft where everybody went in their homes and we talked about the different classic moments that we had in that draft based upon it being a virtual draft. I think it kind of brought that back to memory as well. So I don't think it was as trash as, you know, y'all saying it was, you know, was it the, the greatest thing they could have done? No, but it wasn't too trash to me. Um, as it relates to, to figuring out, you know, this thing of how they're going to, um get the fans involved and, and be in touch and in tune with the fans it, it's one of those things that's difficult I feel as a league they kind of have to to remain on brand you know the NBA is that kind of you know trendy kind of get with it type of league so it's like on brand for them I think when the NFL does it it just seems a little bit off brand you know and it doesn't feel as natural so I think if they try to do it too much, it may be a little bit out of their lane, honestly. And it may not seem or feel kind of natural if they're, if they're doing it. I think that they, you know, done minor things here or there. But at the end of the day, you know, I just don't see, I guess, the, the pressing, pressing need for it now unless we continue to see ratings plummet. You know, the only reason that we started to see some ratings fall was because people started saying, hey, oh, they're getting too political or they're, you know, starting to have these little viewpoints here and there. But I think if they still just honestly present the product, I don't think that uh, we're going to see a game like football really be in danger. I think that that's different from, you know, what America's sport was in baseball. I think that that's apples and oranges there. Well, and baseball I think one of the yeah, baseball baseball is boring to watch on tv like i enjoy it when i'm there in person right like yeah. major league but like on tv i can't really get with it especially because i don't play it anymore um but to your point ramon i think one of those things like the league getting soft you know with the concussions and the protocols i don't think people enjoyed that 
They took away celebrations and was flagging them for that. And they brought it, brought the celebrations back, I think was a good move. But I do think it's, it is a balance. And that you did bring up a good point. I do like the, the branding type thing. But you know, not to spend too much time on it. I just thought that that was funny. But the NFL draft, we had some teams take some losses. We had some teams take some wins. We had the Giants trade out of that 11th spot. I mean, that 12th spot. Uh, back to 20. 11. It was 11. It was 11. It was 11. It was 11. Okay. I had it right. Okay. They traded out 11 spot back to the 20th spot to the Bears. Let's talk about their first dynamic. Justin Fields, like we mentioned on previous podcasts, would continue to slip down the draft, which we anticipated him to do. The Bears saw him there and they went and got him. Let's talk about that aspect of it. And I'm going to get to the Giants in a little bit. And I think you guys will find that funny. Uh, Myron is an Eagles fan, so that's a division mate. So he always loved their, you know, inefficiencies. But you're going to love that. But let's get back to it. Justin Fields, what a I think what a great move for the Bears. I think that's an unpopular opinion, maybe. But I feel like Justin Fields is great. Like, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were literally one and two coming out of high school. They were one and two. Uh, entering into college they're one and two when they left college in my opinion I think Justin feels like I said the recency bias and his in successes and he, he took an L in the playoffs and stuff like that I feel like that kind of tainted people's view but I think the Bears really need to make a move like this because let's be real we wasn't really believing that the 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 red bomber that's what they call him oh yeah Andy Dalton bro yeah I don't I don't think he won he <laughs> yeah I mean they, I think they had to write that wrong. Like they really was, you know, they really, really signed Andy Dalton. They, and then the thing about it, it's not like they didn't get a sample of what he was as a starter when Dak went down with the Cowboys. Andy is, he's is declining and he's not a QB one. So I love Justin Fields. I, he's an athletic quarterback. I think that he's a quarterback that can grow. I think ultimately he'll be starting week one. I want y'all to speak on that as well. Do y'all feel like he'll be starting for the Bears in week one? And how do you feel about the Bears going to get Justin Fields? Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and chime in, man. I think that it was uh, an excellent move. You know, as we talked this whole time about our draft boards and we talked about our position groups, specifically quarterbacks, you know that we've mentioned time after time, Justin Fields was the number two quarterback on our board. I still stand by that. Nothing has made me feel differently. If it were me, Justin Fields would have been the second quarterback that I would have taken. And to me, they, in a sense, you know, helped to right the wrong from even the, the time where they moved up, obviously, to go and grab Mitchell Trubisky uh, when we saw two other quarterbacks come behind him and Deshaun Watson and also Patrick Mahomes, who are guys who have definitely been head and shoulders above him. And so I think that at this point, when you have the opportunity and when you see Justin Fields falling you got to go up and make that move we know that quarterback is the most important position on a football team and uh, I think that Justin Fields has the opportunity to lead a team for the next 10 15 years or so um, so I think that it was a great move for them I think that there's almost you know when you've identified a guy that can be a franchise changer there's almost not too much capital that you can give up uh, as you mentioned as far as the the QB one from day one I do believe that he will be that guy. He is already, to me, better than Andy Dalton. Um, so I believe that you'll set that up. And what I think that they did well as well, and I don't want to jump the gun here as well, but following it up and getting him some additional protection and going and getting Tevin Jenkins, who really was a first-round graded tackle. 
You know, the one thing that the Bears, to me, are kind of missing at this point, they don't have the best offensive line. Their offensive line is okay, kind of patchy there. But going and getting that piece, too, that can build and grow with him, I think, uh, is great. So it was a great move for them, something that they needed to do, something that their team needed. And uh, hats off to them for having the guts to go up and make the move. Week one starter or not? Week one starter, yeah. Yeah, I said he's the week one starter, yeah. I don't know about that. I think I had to be real with myself. I never was the hugest Justin Fields fan. I think I became more of a Justin Fields fan as he got disrespected because I didn't like that part of it. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I'm like, wait, y'all not going to discredit him just because he's black. Because realistically, that's what they're doing. They find things in black quarterbacks that they don't find in any other quarterbacks. I remember Stephen A. saying all the time, like, why is the opinion changing and no more games have been played? Um, I don't really want him to rush and start because I feel like, and I kind of like what the GM and coaches have been saying because he's kind of brought there to be the savior of their jobs. Like, and the sooner they could get him out there, it's the better for them because if they lose with him, you have a rookie quarterback, right? Um, but if you win with him, you look like look like a genius. But I kind of do want him to sit and just kind of learn the NFL um, a bit. Uh, we we look back to to the last time this has really happened is Patrick Mahomes because quarterbacks are playing right away now. Like if you are able to play, you're you're getting in the game. Um, and we saw how great that was for Patrick to kind of sit and hold the clipboard for almost a whole year and learn behind Alex Smith, who I'm not saying Andy Dalton is is the greatest person to learn behind, but you can learn a lot from watching on the sideline. Perfect example. I didn't get to coach this year because of my situation. And I learned a lot from just watching the game from the sideline and not coaching it. So I think that's a good perspective to have. Um, I even look at my, my Eagles and Jalen hurts. He saw caught what Carson Wentz wasn't doing. Yo, we so gotta he got his opportunity. I'm sorry to cut y'all. We got to add that to your accolades. I mentioned that you was a podcaster and a content creator. I did leave out that you are a varsity high school basketball coach as well. So carry on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, yeah. So <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes. Hey, uh, getting, getting arrogant. Now it's coming out now. <laughs> right. Shut up. Um, but now nah, sometimes I, I think watching helps. Um, but I just want them to do right. Mom. I don't feel like have the best ever had a black quarterback. Like I don't remember in our lifetime. Have they ever had a black quarterback? Mitchell Trubisky, Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler. I don't remember them having a black quarterback. So yeah, this might be the change that they needed. And you know what they say, once you go black, you can't go back. So, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Justin Fields. <laughs> but I hope he does good, man. They have a team that's built to win. They just kind of need to fix that line in the quarterback position. So if he's good, they can be good in a quick second, really. I'm rooting for uh, I'm rooting for Justin Fields, of course, because not only is he black, but I think that he's a pretty good quarterback. Like I mentioned, I've heard refutes that Ohio State quarterbacks don't have success in the NFL, which is true. We have we had multiple Ohio State quarterbacks come out the league. They light it up in the Big Ten, and then they get into the NFL and they're duds. Um, I can't think of their names right now. Uh, Ron, throw some names out there. I know. Uh, you, I mean, you Cardale got Jay, Jones. Cardale, Cardale Jones. Jones. You got well, did Geno Smith? Did Geno Smith play at Ohio State? No, Geno no, came out of West Virginia. West Virginia. Who am I thinking of? Troy Smith. Troy Smith. Troy Smith. Dang, Troy you Smith went back. You went back on that one. Yeah, yeah you yeah, went back. Like, you got some kind of Smith. Yeah. yeah. So it, that that proves my point. You know, it, you know, but my point to right. that, my point you know, to that listener is that. Justin Fields wasn't a Big Ten quarterback. He was in the SEC. 
in Georgia, and for some reason, Kirby Smart uh, loved uh, who was that cat name? Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm and Jake Fromm, I think, went undrafted. You know, you know, it was a bias there. It was something that was wrong in that situation, and that's why Justin Fields left. He was the more talented quarterback, but for some reason, Kirby had a, a nod towards Jake Fromm. So. And, and- and, and what I'll say just even quickly on the whole Justin Fields thing is even as a high school prospect, you know how much I pay attention to recruiting. Those guys weren't Justin Fields, you know, on even the high school level. I think the closest thing that you can think of as far as who everybody, you know, really acclaimed was Terrell Pryor back, back in the day when he was coming out of high school. Yeah. People were talking about four Heismans or three Heismans and all of this. But outside of that, Although those guys were high profile prospects, they still weren't of the likes of Justin Fields as far as five star, like you saying, really the number two quarterback, the number one dual threat quarterback, Dwayne Haskins was a four star. You know, you look at your guys like Troy Smith, he was looked at to be a developmental type of guy. Everybody felt that JT Barrett, you know, was a better runner than he was really a passer. So I think that you know, it's easy to just throw that Ohio State label on somebody just easily because they played at that school. But I think you have to really look at the prospect for who they are and truly identify that, you know. And I think Justin yeah. Fields is different from those guys. And I think I think two quick things. Number one, the NFL has changed so quick. So some of these quarterbacks might have worked if yeah. it was, was now a few yeah. years ago. And catering yeah. your system around the quarterback versus sticking to your system. But I also, one of the things I like from Justin Fields, I like that he didn't like – he looked mad after he got drafted. Like, that yeah. that, that to me shows something. Like, he wasn't happy. Like, it's, yeah. it was like instantly, I got something to prove now. Like, yeah. like y'all really – all these boys went ahead of me? Yeah. And he just instantly, like – and I feel like that's what Soldier Field needs. Like, Chicago needs that type They of love guy. that. Like, and they love the blue-collar quarterbacks. Get it out the mud, grinder. And you brought up a good point, Myron. And that's why we brought you on, because we know you know your sports. You know, it, it's the Lamar Jackson effect. You saw how Lamar Jackson, you know, he was drafted 32. He's like, man, look, I'm going to get him my all, like – you know, and we see how that has turned out so far. You know, he already has an NFL MVP, and he still has a Super Bowl to get, which I think he will. But you know, you you're right, man. That look in his eyes—he was he was a monster. But I don't want to spend too much time on them. I, I think that is more time to be spent on the adverse effect of this transaction, which is the trade. The Giants traded back Dave Gettleman, general manager for the New York Giants joked in a press conference saying that he's never traded back in a in a draft and and they haven't traded back i think i saw they haven't traded back in a in a in an nfl draft since 2006 if i'm not mistaken yes yeah, um like but they found themselves they traded back like i mentioned they traded back out of 11 to 20 it was rumored that they had Devontae smith on their radar and when once he was taken that it kind of messed up their, uh, I guess, plan. So they decided to trade back, and then they get to Kadarius Tony. Now, Ramon, on the last podcast, I said I love me some Kadarius Tony. I was hoping that my Saints could get him, but my Saints drafted much later than the Giants did. You know, to to, to take him at twenty, I thought was kind of absurd. I don't think he was deserving of that position, but it's it was just baffling to me. Of course, the Giants do get a number one. Uh, first round pick from the Bears next year, which probably will prove to be valuable. 
because uh, I don't expect the Giants to, to just take off like that out the gate. But, I mean, what like that trade, it really just didn't make any sense to me if you're going to take Kadarius Tony with the 20th pick there. Well, Rob, I think – I think their plan got busted. It had to be because, and I think that was just smart of my Eagles plan because they were going to take a wide receiver. Now we're going to get to your Eagles, man. I know you. Yeah. 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 But I just think it's smart by them because they made the jump, but I, I don't know why the giants needed a wide receiver. Honestly, you went and got Galladay, you have a Slayton, you have Sterling Shepard. You got, you went and got Kyle Rudolph. Um, You already had, uh, uh, is Ingram. Right yeah, yeah. Um, you got uh Sterling, I mean uh Saquon Barkley, who's gonna get passes out the backfield. Who's Daniel Daniel Jones is not no not no passer like that to be to need all these weapons. Um, and a lot of people had Elijah Moore um going ahead of Tony. So that was that was interesting. Um, but and not to take away from your topic, I don't like the 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 Tony pick mainly because I think there were better wide receivers on the board. The Terrace Marshall disrespect throughout that draft just really bothers me because I saw a guy who dominated with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on the field like if he didn't get hurt he's still probably the best receiver out of those three on that team that year and then he came back for a few games and dominated Mm. Mm. he dominated I don't know if I can 100% agree that he was going to be the best on that team I know he was leading with touchdowns at the time but I'm a really big Jamar Chase guy and even when they were on the high school level I know Terrence was rated higher I still had Jamar Chase, even at the high school level, I would have taken him with Terrace, but not I not mean, to I, derail your point too I, much. I wouldn't have been mad at them. They would have took Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman would have been a good a good pick there. But to I me, see, see, I think you know what I think though, Rob. A lot of these teams watch what NFL analysts say on TV because I watched Rashad Bateman. I didn't see nothing Rashad Bateman did that was better than what Terrence Marshall did. Oh, no, and he no, didn't no, even no, have no, a good no, 20. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I but agree. this is I the agree. thing. This is the thing. And, and I'll get it back to the Giants. But the, the quick thing with Terrence Marshall, him dropping in the draft was more so of the injury concern. So we know that Terrence sat out most of his senior year uh, with an ankle injury. And then we know, of course, him getting injured the year uh, LSU, of course, in 2019, won a national championship. So based upon some of the things that people saw and teams saw from a medical perspective is more so why he dropped um, in the draft. And that's what's being reported. But as far as the 20th pick and, you know, the whole thing with Kadarius Tony, I don't really hate it the way that y'all hate it, honestly. Like to me, if, if you're saying that, okay, I feel that this guy's a good pick at 28. The difference between me 20 and 28 is not that huge of a difference. You also hear that really honestly, if he was sitting there, I think it's uh, I can't remember if it was 23 or 25 where the Jacksonville Jaguars had the pick. If he was sitting there at that pick, they were going to take him over Travis Etienne. Like, I don't think that him being gone at 20 is out of the realm. Like, honestly, with those receivers that were in that group, you had, like you said, Elijah Moore, you had Rashad Bateman. Of course, we believe Terrace Marshall without the injury concerns would have been in that group. So to me, with all of those guys kind of huddling around that same little area and you passing, of course, you know, the big time names have already gone off the board. I don't really see that Kadarius Tony was a, a reach or a bad pick at that spot. I honestly think that it, it's not that much of a reach if he was definitely going to be gone too when the Jacksonville Jaguars pick. So you know, um, and I think the thing about it, too, with Kadarius Tony, he's a weapon that you can use in so many different ways. As we were talking about the last podcast, 
he's similar to the weapon that Percy Harvin was. Like, you can bring him out of the backfield to do some things. You can play him in the slot. Like, you can move him around so many different ways. So he's kind of that Swiss Army knife. So I don't really have a problem with it. I guess my opinion is on the opposite side of y'all. I, I don't think it's a bad pick, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, me I like kind of. It kind of looks yeah. my fault, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do I, like. The, they, I do they, like. Damn, you told me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of thing where y'all <laughs> both <laughs> moving and walking in the same way. You going right, and then you Look, going right. As I'm well. gonna say something quick. Kadarius Tony, I like him. I don't want to. I don't want my sentiments to come off as a negative type deal. Go ahead, Mark. I don't dislike him either. I just think of more so what the Giants are doing because it kind of feels like they're building like a Cleveland Browns team with a lot of mouths to feed. And we saw that that didn't work out too well until Odell got hurt and one of those mouths, a big mouth got took off the table. So it feels like the Giants have a lot of people to try to get the ball to. Um, And that could be a good thing, but it's do you trust the people in charge to do that? And I, Daniel Jones yeah. to distribute. So what do you, I, what do y'all guys just to get back on trade? What do you guys think that trade grades at? Because the consensus is we're, we're discussing what they took at 20, but what they could have got at 11 to, to, to trade back 20 to get Kadarius Tony. What do y'all grade that trade? Yeah, I want to round table, like little grade and why, what do y'all grade that trade? For who? I mean, for the Giants? For the Giants. I mean, I'll give it a quick C. I'm not going to grade it too bad, but clearly they wanted a wide receiver. And if Devontae Smith was on the board, they were going to get Devontae Smith. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a B because the thing about it is once you see the prospect that you wanted gone at the spot right before you, I don't see anything wrong with, with trading back and getting more capital and then going and finding somebody at that position that you've obviously identified as a need for your team. You know, I think, too, like we talked about so many of the pieces that they have, but a lot of those pieces have had pretty big injury concerns, too, throughout the course of their year, um, throughout the course of their career. So I think that, too, having that depth there is really big for the team. So getting back to it, like you said, I give it a B, honestly. You know, I think that they made decent out with that trade. I'm going to give it a C minus. And the reason why is because I just feel like they could they could have gotten I mean, I don't. I mean, wide receiver was – I don't know if they – like Myron listed the receivers that they have on their roster already. You had the big Galladay signing. We know how talented he is. I don't necessarily feel like wide receiver was a need for them. Um, I do I do feel like, you know, we, we say Quan, they got to say Quan, they got a running back. Maybe they could have worked on it offensive line. Maybe they could have got an elite defender that they felt was on the board. But, you know, to trade out to get a, a – uh, who we don't know, who's probably going to be a project receiver, who I love. I love. I think that if he's done right, I think if he's put in the right positions, he can succeed. We saw how many ways he could be used in Florida and the ways they used him. But, you know, I, I feel like they could have sat tight there. But uh, y'all make solid points. And, you know, I, I like what y'all said about that. But we got to move on a little bit. Uh, so the NFL draft. So, um we can go ahead and discuss the winners and losers of this draft. Uh, just what a team that you felt like. Let's let's discuss winners first, and we'll go we'll go around and then we'll discuss losers. Who do y'all feel like won in this draft? Who do you feel like had the best draft as far as strategy and as far as what they was able to execute? Okay, I guess I'll go ahead and chime in. Um, one team that I think that you know had a really good draft that 
maybe not everybody agree with me, but I think it's the Carolina Panthers. You know, I think that some people felt that maybe the J.C. Horn pick was a little bit of a reach at eight. But honestly, for me, in the way that I evaluated the corners, I feel that J.C. Horn was the number one corner on the board. Uh, I like him a little bit over Pat Sertan, but they kind of what and what. But I like J.C. Um, but then when you get that value pick of Terrace Marshall in the second round, towards the end of the second round, giving Sam Darnold another weapon that he can throw to um, in addition to what they have already there. Um, I think that that was just excellent value. You follow it up by getting, you know, Brady Christensen out of BYU. So getting some offensive line help as well to solidify that front um, for your quarterback. And then, of course, you know, I won't run through every single pick, but I even like the, the Chuba Hubbard pick, uh, getting him in the fourth round. You know, this is a guy that in years past, you know, in the past, you would have thought that maybe he was going to be a late first rounder or a second round type of pick, that type of talent. And so once again, I just felt that they got a lot of value picks. And once again, I think that maybe my little Homer bias with the whole Terrace Marshall thing may be shining through again. But I think that overall they had a really good draft. So I would pick them as, as one of my winners. Wow. I can't believe you choose one of my division mates. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like that, bro. It's like that. And, and now they got a number one corner to come in and try to clamp now, man, because J.C. Horn is the real deal. He's the real deal. Yeah, so we was trying to trade him into the uh, top top 12 picks to get him, and that didn't work out. But go ahead, Myron, who you got? Who you got as your winner? Um, It's a lot of teams I think did a good job. I could be biased, but I'm not. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens, man. I think they did a good job of trying to get Lamar some help on the outside now I guess and with right now you can kind of better evaluate Lamar you we gonna know like you getting some you got Rashad Bateman in the first round you went and got Tylen Wallace who's dropped um and stole him pretty much in the fourth um so you're getting some different type of receivers who who are hungry and are going to come into the system and we're going to really see if Lamar can ball like we think he can and I think he can because he's improved every year um but he has to have receivers that can get open um, so I think them going out and getting two big receivers in the draft um, was really good. And and I just want to throw another team out there. I mean, I just got to say, I think the the Bengals did a good job. Um, and I'm just going based off Jamar Chase. A lot of people wanted O-line, but when you got a chance to reunite, this was the reunited and it feels so good draft, right? And yeah. I think you won, you saw the chemistry from LSU. You got an opportunity to get a potential game-changing wide receiver. And this draft was loaded on the offensive line side. So, and they didn't even really go that heavy offensive line in the draft. They drafted like one and then they drafted one, I think maybe late, 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 later, but they, I don't even know if they did that. Um, but I think they did a good job of, you know, hey, we can, we gonna find this. Let's get, let's get something that's gonna really impact our team. Um, I really like what the Bengals did too. I think just quickly to chime in on the Bengals, the only the piece where to me they missed it, I don't agree with them trading back in the second round. And I say it from this regard, they had two still premier offensive tackles that were there. Tevin Jenkins is someone that's graded with a first round grade. You know, even when I talked to y'all even last week and when Los even asked me on Twitter, I was fine with us sitting there at 21 and taking Tevin Jenkins. And we saw him slide into the second round. We saw the, uh, the Bears end up being able to grab him. But the Bengals would have been able to take 
Tevin Jenkins had they not traded back. So to me, they would have knocked it out of the park had they had Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase as the number five pick in the first round and then followed up in the second round with another first round graded talent in, um, in um, Jenkins. But I think that that to me was their only little misstep. I still value the talent over Jenkins as opposed to trading back and getting an additional fourth round pick. So that's my only pause on, on them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I go, I go with my winner. You got something, Mark? I was just going to say, so what, how do you want your team to draft? Because this is very, a very interesting thing every year. Do you want your team to go by the thing that you need or what's on the best player on their board? I think and I think a, sometimes I like that my Eagles this year, not to go with my Eagles. We kind of drafted with who was the best player on the board for us versus drafting the best player, the, the players we necessarily needed. Because sometimes you reach when you do that. So it's just kind of oh. what you feel like your team needs to do that current year. Um, and maybe the Bengals said, OK, we're going to draft the best player on our board versus the, the spots that we necessarily need. Um, so maybe that's the decision sometimes that goes into some well, of those. No, uh, that's an excellent point. And, we, and we're about to get there in a second. Uh, we're going to talk about, how, we're going to evaluate how our personal favorite teams did in the draft. But um, just to go along the theme, uh, I think the winner was uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I've been a Kyle Pitts fan entering to the draft. Ramon know that. I've been a big proponent for him, and I feel like they got a weapon. Uh, they stuck. They were stuck with a decision like the I think was just as much as as important as the Bengals because they could have you know the office, do I go offensive line or do I reunite Joe Burrow with this excellent talent receiver? I feel like Kyle Pitts was the most talented player in the draft, you know, under tri- Trevor Lawrence, of course. But I, all right, I'll say this: Kyle Pitts was the the most talented non quarterback in this draft. Uh, I think that he's a, a, a talent. He's a, a a matchup nightmare. I feel like that's what the Falcons needed. I think they made a statement in that in that they're they're gonna ride Matt Ryan, and like I said, Matt Ryan still has a lot left in the tank. They're gonna uh, tag him along with Julio Jones and. Uh, Calvin Ridley and you know just having a guy like that they'll probably line him up as a receiver because I mean he's one of those unique players that can play receiver and you know he's just so happened to be a tight end you know officially so I feel like them getting him was was a big shot in their arm and I'm gonna dread having to face him two times a year being a Saints fan so um Lions I mean losers uh well they're they're core they really they really are correspondent Lions and losers are very correspondent. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey Rob, 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 I really, I, I, dang, we coming back to that. I'm a, I never mind. Go ahead. The lo- I'll go with my loser, though. I was about to say something about the Eagles, but I'll oh, go, yeah, go ahead, man. Go, go with your loser, loser, bro. Yeah, we go man, with losers, my loser. Man. I think, though they got a really great player, I think one of the losers of this draft, I have two. One of them has to be the Dallas Cowboys, and, and they might be being biased, but you wanted Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn. You didn't want Michael Parsons. You didn't. I mean, no. he's he to That's Michael Parsons, pick, he though. looks like a cowboy. It's a great pick. He looks like a cowboy. He talks like a cowboy. He wants to be a cowboy. They wanted one of those top two corners. And the Broncos and um Carolina Panthers came and just swept them both up right before him. And I loved it being an Eagles fan. Um, not gonna love dealing with Michael Parsons, but I mean, we had a fifth rounder chip the heck out of him. I saw when after we drafted him in games well, game well, but I uh I think they were a loser, and I think I don't really 
the Raiders kind of made up for it, but I don't really know what they do with these first round picks. Like I think the first round, they just say, F it. And just 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 whoever we like, we're just gonna take whoever we fell in love with the most. Um, so I didn't like I think those two were two standout kind of losers for me. And I could say the Saints too, because I don't know what they did with their first round pick, but I'll let y'all say that for later. <laughs> See, yeah. Hey bro. <laughs> Chill See, I, I didn't want to take it too much, but that was going to be one of my top two losers, honestly. I, I'm still confused at yeah, what I don't the know. Saints did right I don't there. know what we were doing. Yeah. I have <laughs> no idea. And I would dare say we're a loser, but I don't want to jump the gun because we are going to evaluate how our favorite yeah. teams did in the draft. So, um, yeah. so uh, my loser, i go ahead and say the Pittsburgh Steelers. I felt like taking Najee Harris – although running back was a need. But what good is having a running back if you don't have an offensive line to protect and open up holes for that running back? So I felt like they should have went first round offensive lineman. Uh, uh, at that point, it, there were a lot of great offensive linemen on the board still. Uh, some, like Ramon, you mentioned, slipped into that second round. You know, I felt like they should have went offensive line there as, as opposed to going running back and then double back and get a running back. Yeah, see, I, I I didn't too much disagree with that pick. I feel like <laughs> Najee Harris is, has kind of been a, a stealer for uh for way before the draft even even kicked off. I feel like we've kind of all known he was heading there. And to me, it's kind of like the perfect fit. So I guess me I kind of disagree a little bit there. Um, but I'll say uh, one of my losers, you know, I'll leave the Saints to you whenever you want to break down your Saints. That that is one of my losers. I I can't see how they didn't go either DB, you know, a cornerback okay, or a receiver. We get it, guys. We but, get it. The Saints are a loser. But, but are also, but also too, and don't get me wrong, I like this guy, Pat Sertan. I, I really like Pat Sertan, uh, even though he spurned LSU when he was supposed to come here. Uh, I won't get into that. But I think that the Broncos are somewhat of a loser if they don't end up landing Aaron Rodgers, because I still feel that at that nine spot, they should have grabbed a quarterback. Drew Locke, to me, is not the guy. I know they went and grabbed Teddy Bridgewater, but, I mean, at this point, we're not sold on Teddy. We know that Carolina wasn't convinced. And so I really believe at that nine spot, I think that one day they're going to regret if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. on that, Ramon. So they don't believe in Teddy, but they believe in Sam Donald. Yeah, I, I I believe in Sam Donald more than Teddy. I'm gonna be honest. I do as well, actually. Um, I think the Saints should have kept Teddy. Yeah. I honestly think Teddy got through got a bad end of the stick last year because he his best his best running his best weapon was hurt mm-hmm. majority of the year. And I never looked at Teddy as someone who's gonna come in and save your team. He's gonna manage your team. And I think the Broncos who's your have best a ball, re- who's your best wide receiver, Robbie Anderson. The Bron- and the Broncos have weapons at wide receiver, and they have a nice running back. They got a good tight end. Um, and I think with the new GM coming in for the Broncos, like he knows he has time to find his quarterback. And potentially, it's going to be probably Aaron Rodgers. I don't see the Raiders yep. making that move. The Broncos are kind of in prime position to do so um, if he does get traded. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily – I, I think uh, – I think that was a decent move, but I do see what you're saying, Ramon, because, yeah. I mean, Justin Fields was there, but it's kind of hard to do that right after you trade for tra- Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, now, and that's why I say that's why I get it. I understand it to a degree, but still me personally, if the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out, and I agree with you, I think that they're the number one contender there. If that doesn't work out to me still, when you have a guy 
and who I believe in, who I believe Justin Fields is and is going to be, I feel that it's, it's a loss there. So uh, those will probably be my two teams uh, there, but I don't want to talk about the Saints too much because, you know, I'm going to let Rob break down his own team. Rob, can I say one of, one of, a player who is a loser of this draft? Who's that? James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, not, yeah. Because James did. James probably was the best thing on that team last <laughs> he year. Did. He did he everything did right, man. In, he did great, great in fantasy for me. And it's just like, dang, like, I wanted him again. And y'all really went and got in after he was the best thing on your team. I, I think he'll still uh, have a role. Probably the only bright spot, really, for Jacksonville. He, he was the team. Most, most teams go with the two-back system anyway, so I feel like they both will be successful and, and have a role. But he could do it all. Like, he would catch and run. Like, he was all they had. And they just like, okay, come on, ETN. And you know Trevor is going to – he wants his boy. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and like you mentioned, uh, inadvertently, Myron, this was the the the, the draft of reuni- reuniting uh, players and and pairs and stuff. So I want to I want to get kind of get into that, and then we'll move on real quickly because we we really kind of spending too much time on like subjects I didn't want to spend too much time on. <laughs> but who is your favorite reunite reu- reunion? Okay, that's the word. <laughs> who is your favorite reunion? as far as pairs of teammates in this NFL draft? I would have to go Trevor and ETN just because I feel like they have the most tenure together. Um, I believe they came in together, right? Um, They have the most tenure together. I mean, I like that Jalen has Devontae, but they didn't have that many passes and connection together. I mean, Tua had Waddle for a while, cool, but Jalen also had – he left early. Um, He was hurt sometimes, so – they had they had multiple quarterbacks out there in Alabama, but ETN and 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 uh Trevor they were together. Like I'm wrong in saying all this. Joe Burrow and Jamar to, Chase. I was I about forgot. to say. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I forgot. To, yeah. I had to shut up. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase was easily the best reunion out. I had to remember him. I was like, wait, I'm missing somebody. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, make it quick. I'm gonna yeah. make it quick. I think we're collectively across the board. I'm with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Yeah, Heisman to Belinikoff, man. That's that's automatic. Yeah, like these guys don't even have to go to really. They really don't have to go to rookie camp because they already have the rapport. It's like riding a bicycle. So I mean that that's gonna be fun to watch this year. That's really gonna be fun to watch. But uh, all right, moving along like we promised, we'd be quick on that one. Uh, let's evaluate our favorite teams. I am a Saints fan. Ramon is a Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis Colts fan, and of course, Myron is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So we're gonna do a roundtable. We're gonna give our favorite team a grade, and on their drafting this draft NFL draft, um, and we're gonna explain why. And if you want to add in who you, who is your favorite pick of the draft, that's fine too. I'm the newbie, so I'll knock mine out. I'm going to give my Eagles an A. Um, the reason I'm going to be biased and give them an A is because I think, one, as much as I don't really care for our GM a lot of the time, he knew Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase were not going to be there at six. So what did he do? He went and picked up an extra first round pick and still got – arguably the top receiver in the draft. Um, and he spurned his, the Giants again um, by taking the wide receiver they were more likely going to take. 
Um, we set ourselves up for three first round picks next year in a draft. Um, I think we went and took a, a great prospect at uh, Atlanta Dickerson, though he has a lot of injury history. Um, but he's a great prospect to sit behind Jason Kelsey and fill in the other spots. And I think we did a lot of good picks on the defensive line. So one of those guys are going to stick. I really like Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech. He kind of, I hate to compare people to the best players in the league. Like I hate when people compare like Mac Jones to Tom Brady, but he has a real Aaron Donald kind of, kind of athleticism strength uh, to me. Um, and you can only hope somebody can be close to that good or, Shoot, half that good is still probably a pro bowler if you're in Aaron Donald's case. Um, and then we picked up some quality defense alignment because our defensive line is getting other defensive alignment because our D line is getting a bit old. Um, and we picked up some pretty nice un, undrafted uh free agents as well. We got Jamie Newman, who who's another loser from the draft because he probably should have played this season at Georgia. Uh that was my other one. I forgot about his name to just now. Um, and we picked up a nice receiver, uh, I believe from Florida, six three. Some I think his last name Wallace. I don't know. We picked up a nice guy from Florida, and we picked up a, a running back in Gainwell, who a lot of people had rated like second, third round. Got him in the fifth because he sat out. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give my Eagles an A. Uh, I don't know how good we're gonna be, but I'm gonna give them an A for the draft effort. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'll chime in and go second. Uh, so for my Colts, um, I'll give us. I'm hovering between a B and B minus. I guess I'll sit at a B for our draft. Um, I think that we did address one of our key needs uh, was definitely along the defensive line. Uh, when you lose, you know, potentially Justin Houston being gone and then also Danico Autry being lost in this offseason. Uh, we definitely needed some help in the trenches. What I didn't so much agree with is not addressing that right tackle spot with Anthony Constanzo. Um, retiring. And so I think that that is a hole that we still do need to plug for the team and with you not taking any offensive lineman until the seventh round and then taking a guard at that. I thought that that was kind of a miss in the draft for us. Um, but overall, I mean, getting help in the trenches with our first two picks with getting Quiddy pay uh, at number 21 and then um, getting um I don't even want to try to pronounce his last name at 54. You can go research and see who the Colts picked at that spot. I don't want to try to pronounce his last name and butcher it. I'm going to um, take a crack at it. I'm joking. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, um, I think it's like a Odingbo or something like that. But um, so I think that we we got some work in the trenches, and you know, and then also too following the, that up, taking some value um at a backup quarterback with Sam Ellinger in the sixth round I thought that that was some value there but overall I still think that we have a glaring hole at that uh right tackle spot that I would have liked to see addressed in the draft and so that's why if I'm forced I'm gonna change that from a B to a B minus I think that that's a very important position that we didn't address well I pride myself in always being realistic in these uh podcasts and Regardless if I have skin in the game or not, I got to keep it 100. And I, I'll give my Saints a D in this draft. Uh, I hope they prove me wrong because historically we are a great drafting team. That 2017 NFL draft class, I'll put that up against any of the best draft classes in NFL history. Just because that core with Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Ramchek, and those guys uh, were probably, you know, that's the core of our team. And our team has been very successful over the past uh, four or five years. 
but I, I just didn't. I think I thought that we had to we had to address the defensive back position. We decided to go Peyton Turner, uh, which I honestly wasn't on my radar as a pick. Uh, I'm still learning about him and who he is. And of course, we lost Trey Hendrickson. We lost Malcolm Brown um, to free agency. We lost Trey Hendrickson in the free agency. I felt like we should have, you know, went to that defensive back position. I don't understand why we went with a probably we probably could have got him in the fourth round in a Trey Lance. So I don't quite understand that one. Then you look at what we did in the second second round. We went and got uh, a linebacker and in uh, in um, in Pete Werner from Ohio State. Again, he he's a decent player, but. I don't know. We have a we have a bromance with Ohio State players. You know, we love Ohio State players. Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas. Y'all hate LSU players, and we hate a, we hate LSU players. Because if we was gonna go Pete Warner, you know, we we easily could have went in a different direction than that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what we was doing in this draft, uh, but what do I know? I mean, historically, we've been a great drafting team, but. I wasn't quite impressed with it. Um, I'll have my eyes on OTAs and, you know, camps and stuff and trying to see if these guys are really who, you know, really was um, to prove that they saw something that I did that I didn't see. You know, then we we draft Ian Book in the fourth round. I'm like, come on now. Like he wasn't even that good like in college. But oh, well. but this one I made with it, I, I, I give us a deep. I was disappointed. And it's yeah. sad. Yeah. You might be seeing the beginning of the decline of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Like you said, man, I, I was just really shocked with y'all when y'all sat at 28 and didn't take a DB or take a wide receiver because I thought that y'all also could have maybe reaped the benefits of some of that talent that was still sitting there at 28 at the wide receiver position as well. I know, you know, a lot of the top DBs have been taken, but I think Greg Newsom was still there, if I'm correct. Um, so I thought that that was a target that y'all could have had there, um, potentially. So I, I didn't understand it, but Hey, like you said, we'll see, we'll find out. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I just, I just, I just knew Elijah Moore was going to get drafted by y'all. I just, to me, he kind of, he felt like a saint. And when he passed y'all, I was like, dang, they didn't draft Elijah Moore. Like he's sitting there for him. Um, Y'all had like a Raiders draft this year, right? <laughs> a bit like yeah. a, we have our guys on our board, and we're gonna take them wherever we are. Yeah, man, it's, it was it was pretty sad, uh, you know. Actually, and you know, I, I didn't I didn't like it at all, at all. I mean, I, I would have liked us to if we even went Jabril Cox, you know, out of LSU. I would have loved to have him if he was gonna go linebacker at some point, but. It's like you say. I mean, I was disappointed. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it no more. I'm depressed. But uh, okay, so is there anything else draft wise we need to cover, or can we move on from it? From the biggest news of the NFL, I've been itching to talk about this. Anything else? Good. Good, boss. Aaron Rodgers wants out. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, is saying that he does not want to return to the team. Rightfully so, when you look at the type of draft they have, I'm surprised we didn't mention them. I should have mentioned them as loose the draft. That's uh, true. They failed to get him weapons, and he is upset. He is upset, and he wants out. So my question to you, man, you think this guy is out of here? You think that they work it out or what? You think he, he going to end up in that Broncos uniform? 
Man, I think he's gone, man. I think disrespect is real. And once you feel disrespected, it's hard to come back from that. Um, I was listening to somebody today. I think it was Nick Wright. And he was like, man, Michael Jordan didn't want to stop playing basketball. He just had a GM um, who didn't, who did, who wanted to be the star of the show. Um, and you went and drafted Jordan Love the year before, and he did nothing for your team. He didn't play a snap. Um and even in this draft, you had options at wide receiver in the first round, and you didn't. You 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 thought drafting Amari Rodgers, who's out there, but you drafted Amari Rodgers, and that was the the thing that was gonna say, "Dang, yeah, Aaron, we got your back." Now, if these guys go and pull off a trade for Odell or Julio, that might do some convincing down the road for Aaron. Okay, he he pulled off this one, but I mean, sometimes once the relationship is gone, it's it's gone. Um, he's already called him Jerry Krause. Um, so I think Aaron's ready to go. And and I hope for Jordan Love's sake that he's good because if he's not, he he doesn't have long to be good. They're gonna expect greatness from him right away. Because one one, we expect it from our quarterback. We at least want to see a sign that you're good early on. And two, because of this Aaron Rodgers stuff, we're gonna be like, that's this the guy. Who y'all mortgage y'all whole future on for Aaron Rodgers? Um, so yeah, I think he's out of there, man. And I just hope Jordan Love, because he's a black quarterback, man. I'm hoping that he he's ready to step up to the plate because it's coming sooner than I think he even he expected. Yeah, and like you said, on the Jordan Love, you know, piece of it, I I do hope the best for him. But honestly, I'm not a real big believer in Jordan Love. Uh, actually, of course, you know, I know he was overmatched against LSU when he played him, but. To me, typically, you can still see something um, and, and seeing him seeing live action and not just relying on a highlight tape. I wasn't too impressed with him. So, you know, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I'm not too high on uh, Jordan Love and what he's going to do uh, as it relates to Aaron Rodgers, though, like you, y'all both have said, man, that relationship is fractured at this point. I mean, we got to look at Aaron Rodgers and we see he even has some some situations with his own family of which, you know, he doesn't have the best relationships with them. So to me, if he can't repair things, you know, in that sense, then he's not sparing really anybody. Uh, So definitely not about to spare the organization. And I think, you know, like y'all have alluded to, just the different moves that they've made, you know, hasn't shown support uh, for him to put the necessary pieces around him to get it done. And so I think he'll find his way out of there. He'll be on another team. Um... Because at the end of the day, as we've seen really in any sports league at this point, once a superstar is kind of done with it and over with, you know, eventually you're going to have to find somewhere for them to go. You know, we look at the NBA and the Houston Rockets thought, okay, we can start this season with James Harden. We can kind of see how things will go. And things went south really quick with that. And I think it'll be the same thing out in Green Bay. Uh, I think that they'll have to to let him go and have to uh, find a, a a trade destination for him. What's well, interesting? Rob, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Rob. I, go I just ahead. want to ask you, Rob. Rob, you can answer this um, when you when you get Rogers wants. He want to win Super Bowls, or does he want his respect? Um, because I think about it, man, we see Tom Brady as the most successful quarterback all the time, and we see these quarterbacks every year go for the top market value and get the most money, rightfully so. But we see a guy who doesn't do that and he wins. So Aaron Rod, what does Aaron Rodgers want in his next stop? Does he just want to go somewhere where he's respected or does he still want to be respected and get paid the top money in the NFL? Because that affects your football team at the same time. And, it, and if you're not the, the Buccaneers or the Chiefs, 
nobody else knows how to work the cap <laughs> like they like these two teams do. Um, so yeah, that's just something I thought about, Rob. Go ahead. No, that's good. That's an excellent point. I mean, I, I would, you know, we're looking at Aaron Rodgers. I think when you're looking at Tom get a ring when he moves on to a new team, uh I, his first year moving on to a new team, I think he wants the same thing. So I, I think that's an excellent point. But what I want to bring up the point to you guys, it seemed like it's much easier to move around teams in the NBA than it is in the NFL. So right now it seems like Green Bay is playing hardball right now. And they do have all the cards on the, you know, they do have they do hold all the cards. So Ramon, I asked I asked Myron, he said he doesn't feel like he'll be in the uniform. Do you feel like he'll be in the Packers uniform? No, I don't think they'll be in a Packers uniform, and I don't believe that they hold all the cards, honestly, because... I was just going to say that. Yeah, I don't believe that they hold all the cards there, so I still think that there's leverage on the other side of this, and at the end of the day, if Aaron Rodgers, too, which I don't believe he's going to do this, but if he decided, too, that he just wanted to walk away from it and say that he's done, like, he's already proven enough in his career. He's already made enough money, all that kind of stuff like that. So he's not going to be hurting for money, even as, you know, some of these penalties and fines start coming his way. I believe that he's going to apply the pressure that needs to be applied. And I think that ultimately he will not be in a Packers jersey again. I just don't see it happening. And I think he's a bit petty. So he's going to let Jordan Love play. He's going to let him play some preseason games. Like, I. Right. It's just a guy. All right, cool. I'm going to chill for these three. Preseason. You, he got it. Go right ahead. We don't have no other quarterbacks on the roster. You got to play him. Let's see what he got. So, um, and if he's not good, it makes Aaron Rodgers look even better. Like, do y'all think they should fire the GM? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think ultimately if this Aaron Rodgers thing continues to go south and Aaron Rodgers is dealt and this whole Jordan Love piece doesn't work out, I think that he'll probably get, you know, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Because I think you're basically asking it from the angle of, hey, if they fire the GM, maybe they can rebuild the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Are you asking it from that angle? Either or. Which one you want? The GM or you want Aaron Rodgers? Oh, you want Aaron Rodgers, man. You're going to take, take the talent over the GM any day. That's what right. the Bulls should have done with the whole Jerry Krause situation. Like, you need to take that star talent and that star player over the GM to me any day i agree with both of y'all Y'all bring up some good points i'm enjoying this conversation but unfortunately we have to move on just to cover everything we had on the schedule uh as far as nfl draft speaking of those situations it's kind of uh this is the bridge inside nba segment that we always get into which i know is one of myron's favorite things because he loves basketball just like all of us i think basketball may be all of our favorite sports lebron really let a movement and stick with me here with just the way he was able to maneuver and take his future into his own hands whether it be going from Cleveland to Miami going from Miami back to Cleveland now he finds himself in LA and we know how that has affected the NBA as far as Paul George Kawhi Leonard James Harden just pushing their way out the list goes on probably missing a few Anthony Davis yeah yeah so you know are we seeing that leak into the NFL? Because we already seen it with Jalen Ramsey. We've already seen it with, uh, um, gosh, I'm blowing a blank right now. Deshaun uh, Watson? Yeah, yeah. But Deshaun Watson yet, attempted but, it until, okay. yeah, until the allegations came up, came about. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yeah. So, um, On the low. But Carson Wentz sucked, though. 
Hey, chill out. Don't talk about my QB right oh, now. Oh, my bad. I forgot your QB. Right. <laughs> oh, you're, you're happy crazy about thing that? Is, I think he's going to be he's going to be a good cult. Yeah, I think he will. But anyway, my point is, do you feel like the LeBron effect is taking its effect on the NFL? I do to an extent, but the players don't have as much power in the NFL. So right. it's it can't it's not gonna be as effective. Um in the NBA, they have more freedom. The players really run the league. In the NFL, the owners run the league. So it's it's kind of harder for them. And you have to be a top profile athlete to really do it. Um versus I think, you know, I think mid-level athletes in the NBA can get out, can find their force their way out. Um, versus you gotta be the top of your position and maybe the top in the top five of your position that you're going to be able to get out and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree 100% with Myron. I have nothing to add though. Yeah. I have nothing to add that too. I think he hit the nail on the head. Let's move on. We already been on for an hour. We got to get to some NBA. Uh, I do have a clip for you guys that I want to discuss as we enter into this next segment. And it is a, we, the, in the NBA and the NBA playoffs are approaching and to everybody's excitement, NBA play-in games are set to start in a couple of weeks, believe it or not. Time is moving. I want you to hear a small clip about LeBron and how he felt about this NBA play-in game. Excuse the language, please. Does that change your mindset at all? Um, well, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if I'm not, uh, you know, 100% close to 100%. It don't matter, you know, where we land, you know, so. Um, you know, that's my mindset. And, um, you know, if this happens to uh, we end up at six or fifth or, or, or whatever the case may be, or if we end up in the, you know, the playoff, uh, whatever that thing is, wh- whoever came up with that shit uh, need to be fired. Um, but whatever. Okay, that was pretty blatant. So we can, I guess we can assume that LeBron is not happy about the playing game. Go. I have my take on it. I guess I'll go first. I think that it's mighty, mighty convenient that LeBron is speaking out against the playing game when it's a reality that he may have to participate in it. And as a Lakers fan, you know, I, I don't particularly want to do it. I see as a player why you wouldn't want to play in a playing game because that's more games you'd rather rest before the playoffs. I do feel him on that, but I don't know if I respect the fact that he's speaking out against that. The second year that's been done. Yeah. Yeah. My thing, man, stop the crying, man. Stop the crying. I, I, you know, of course, being a Lakers fan, you know, we rock with LeBron now, but I'm just not with that comment. You know, even leading into the bubble, he was all for it when it was going to be a part of the bubble and thought that it was an interesting idea and he for it then. But now when you may be facing it yourself, now you completely against it. I just don't rock with that or support that at all. To me, like you said, it's very convenient for him to be against it now. So I'm completely against what he's saying. I actually like the play-in. I mean, I want us to avoid it, obviously, but I like the play-in scenario. So I'm going to just be frank and just say, shut up, LeBron. Like, I'm going to just be honest. Just (laughs) shut up, bro. Like, it's it's just too much on this one. I kind of different from y'all. I mean, Luca kind of, and Mark Cuban kind of said the same sentiments earlier. Now I will say, LeBron did come out kind of in support of it. So Luca never really was in support of it, but LeBron did come out in support of it. So that's why he kind of looks a little, a little shaky in this situation. But I mean, I don't really, I'm not the biggest fan of, of the playing game for the fact that 
one, a lot of these teams are going to get swept anyway if they make it in. Um, we saw Dame fight for his life to make it to the playoffs and got sent home quick to his new kids. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's cool. It's a different aspect, but I think there has to be some more criteria put into place where – like in, in in the bubble, you had to be a certain amount of games back. It could it wasn't just ninth and tenth. Uh, it, you had to be a certain amount of games to even be in contention for it. I don't really like that it's seventh and eighth because in the West, the West is so competitive. So all y'all could be like uh, several games over five hundred, and by a point five, you have to now play in a playoff game after you done went your whole season. Because some people do take the regular season in serious. Um, and injuries have happened this year and stuff like that. Um, and COVID. So I'm not the biggest fan of it. I feel better now that the my Mavericks are in fifth and sixth versus being in seventh, but they're only a 0.5 game ahead of the Lakers and the Trailblazers. So it can switch in a matter of a day. Um, and who wants to play the Warriors in these playoff games, in these playing games? That's what make it interesting yeah. to me. I will say this. I wasn't a fan of the playing games before because of the the, you go through an 82-game schedule. In this case, you're going through a 72-game schedule, and there are more games. But when you look at it, to a certain extent, we're I think collectively most fans aren't a fan of tanking. And I do think that even though it doesn't alleviate 100% of the tanking, I do feel like it alleviates a portion of it. So I think that anything that goes towards negating tanking, I'm with that because you got teams that have an opportunity to play in the games and it alleviates some of that. So that's why I'm a fan of it. I, I think that alleviates tanking and, you know, I'm with it. And then plus I'm a basketball fan. So if you put more basketball on my plate, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so. I don't think it alleviates it though, Rob, cause if you're going to tank, you're going to tank regardless. Nah, if you in that, if you in that eight, if you in that, Ninth spot, and you got an opportunity to play in the play against get to slip in the playoffs. I, I'm pretty sure you'll you'll go hard behind it. But what I mean, a few extra dollars so you get a two home playoff games. But I mean, if you're gonna get swept in the first round, you might as well stay home. Anyways, yeah. But I think that it did add a little bit. I know that the bubble was an interesting scenario, but like you said, I mean, I know ultimately Dame he went home early in the playoffs, but. The play-in added some excitement there. Like, we saw some some interesting moments. That's why people were looking and saying, oh, could this Trailblazers team beat the Lakers just because of that excitement and that momentum from it? So that's just more the side where I'm with it. But um, the whole LeBron piece, like I said, I'm totally dismissive of that. Rob, I don't know if you have... I, 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 never mind. I don't want to jake in. Go ahead. Man. Go ahead, man. Go Yo. ahead with you. Y'all boys looking a little y'all y'all boys looking a little shaky under the light, man. Oh, here you shake go. Back. <laughs> like oh, a fake, man. like a fake hundred dollar bill. Huh? Man, I'm just saying oh, it ain't just, looking. We just gotta get healthy, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, and what that's, people forget too, we looked this bad when we went to the bubble. <laughs> those those eight games that you had to play before the the play in started and before the playoffs started, we looked terrible then. And a lot of people, that's why you were seeing a lot of the takes. Oh, uh, Portland can beat the Lakers and this and that. And but honestly, honestly, guys, I didn't see nobody beating y'all uh, last year. This year is a bit different. I think there's some teams that can challenge y'all in the West, and it's some matchups I wouldn't want in the. I I pretty much just don't mm-hmm. want uh I pretty much just don't want that Clippers mm-hmm. matchup in the first round. That that's pretty much the only one that I'm hung up on. That's what we are now. And I don't want that matchup. I want Denver. I want 
crazy thing is I want the Suns because I don't know how those guys are going to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it's a different game in the playoffs and we have a little experience and I don't, I don't want to see the Clippers. Um, I don't necessarily want to see Denver either, even though they don't have Jamal Murray, they're still playing really good. Um, so it's a, it's a, I don't, if I'm a top seed, I don't necessarily want to see Steph in the first round if I have to see him because Steph can go off for a few games. Like, even if the series is not lost, you still might go six or seven messing around with the greatest shooter of all time. So it's some playoff matchup that I don't want to see. Um, but, yeah, I think I think y'all in Brooklyn with these injuries, and it's going to be tricky, man. If y'all don't yeah. make it to the finals, I wouldn't be surprised this year. And y'all two should both make it to the finals. I ain't gonna lie, man. That that does concern me. Uh, LeBron's ankle injury does, because so, I think ankle injuries uh, are, are, are they, the, the thing that's about ankle injuries is what's so difficult about those is that you don't know if it's healthy until you actually play at game right. speed. So these guys are pretty much resting and guessing if they're ready or not. Like we saw LeBron come back. He he wasn't ready, so he had to sit out. Now he's out for the next couple of weeks. We saw with James Harden with the soft tissue injury with the hamstring. You know, you don't really know. Like a hamstring, you could be sitting on the couch for four days, and you know, not moving around, and that hamstring not bothering you. But then, soon as soon as you, you get on it, yeah. yeah, as soon as you get on it, you like, okay, like this is not right. So, I mean, it, it's gonna be interesting. It's just a, it's just one of those things that makes the NBA playoffs so special. I was gonna get into some scenarios with you guys, but I think we spent time well spent here. Yeah, well, um, Rob, I do have one more thing to say since I'm talking about the Lakers. And I just Let's talk about your mail, your trash mail. We can get we can get to the maths, but I I don't like how Kyle Kuzma hasn't like stepped up and became yeah, like one of the I don't guys. like it either. Like don't we've like seen, either. we've seen Michael Porter Jr. constantly step up this year, and like he's taking advantage of Jamal Murray not being there. Like, all right, bet this is my time. Um, I've been showing y'all I could do this, but now I'm really gonna take advantage of it. And I haven't seen that from Kuzma. I guess he's too busy worried about dressing fa- in fancy clothes and dying his hair. You Hollywood um, man, Hollywood. Um, but I mean, I just really thought we would see more from Kyle now, especially when you lost like LeBron and AD for a while. That was your time to put the league really on notice. Um, and you know, I think it's some holes in y'all roster. I mean, if we're talking about the Mavericks perspective, Rob, well, he's just ripping us apart. Man. I know. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about my Mavs too, Rob. I think we're a team that uh, we're we're a player or two away. I know the players I kind of want us to target in the off season, but it's free agency this summer is not going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so it's a trade that has to happen, but we don't even necessarily have the pieces for that. So. And y'all gotta have Porzingis got to get healthy, man, consistently. Like he gotta, he gotta find a way to consistently be healthy. Like that, that duo is dynamic. And when they are firing in all cylinders, they're one of the best duos in the league, but he just can't stay on the court. Yeah, he is a beast when he out there. And that's one of the things, you know, when you look at that team, that's the thing that that's gonna hurt you. If you can't have your second, allegedly second best player, um playing well and i think sometimes man if you think about it i think sometimes we don't we don't draft well and i think that's what a lot of teams it's been a lot of sleepers in the draft the past few years that have been taken later in rounds that if you they want some of these other teams they might be nice like the kings to me have a roster full of loaded talent they just play on the kings (laughs) so if these guys like i would love buddy hill for the mavericks i think he would be a perfect addition for luca but he's stuck with the kings trash 
But is he's he trash? Okay, I think everybody who plays with the Kings is trash. Yeah. Right. I don't want to like that's a segment. Now we're gonna get to this, Ramon. I've been wanting to get to this segment forever. We're not gonna do it today, but I just want to get about how bad the Kings front office is. They are terrible. You know, remember is it when their they're front office or their coaching though? I don't know because Rob, they have players. It's bro, just it's, the whole culture. They just to me, I don't think they develop well. To me, yeah, it's it's just it's the whole culture over there, man. It's just a losing organization. And it to is. Me, yeah, they need like, to. You know what they do? They need to move to Seattle. Yeah, they need like a rejuvenation of their franchise, something fresh, some excitement to it, because it's it's kind of what players like. Damn, I if I got drafted by the Kings, I would be like, um, What's his name? Darren Fox is a good point guard. Man. Yeah. He plays for the he's Kings. Great. I think Tyrese Halliburton, he plays for the Kings. King, right. But he's not bad. Even a lot of people like Rashawn Holmes, the center. But he plays nice. for the Kings. Yeah. I think De'Aaron Fox, after this contract, I think he might be up to be a player option in like two, three years. I, I expect him to be somewhere else in free agency. You know, they he's too talented. But I, I don't want to get into the Kings. That, that leads into another yeah. way that we're going <laughs> to. Myron, we appreciate you for spending time with us, bro, and filling in as, as one of the co-hosts on Opinionated Bench Warmers. You, you know you always got an open invite. We're going to have you back on when we get close to the playoffs, when we do some playoff segments and, yes, sir. and episodes. We're probably going to have multiple episodes dropping during the playoff season, so we definitely have you back on. Go ahead and plug yourself, Myron. Let them know where they can find you at. Man, uh, again, my name is Myron Smothers, the mind of Myron, man. And remember in life, man, Stay blessed through the BS, man. Because stressing ain't gonna get you nowhere, you dick. So try to stay blessed, you dig. And you know, a Ooh. cheerful heart is a good medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. Ooh, we coming with the word yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I man. think that's right. For Come sure, on, man. 17, 22, 22, 17, Y'all do that, man. We we really appreciate mine for taking our time to spend time with us and, and Carlos's absence. Shout out to Carlos. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be on the next one. Uh, man, we appreciate y'all for hanging around this long. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We appreciate everybody for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on Opinionated Benchwarmers on or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our social media accounts, O underscore Benchwarmers. Uh, we're currently most active on Twitter and Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers again. And then you can find us on Facebook by searching Opinionated Benchwarmers. When you find us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure that you are subscribed to us. That's that lets that means more than what you think it knows, uh, what you think you're bringing to the table because that shows support. Not only that, it works with the numbers as well as Myron up so much. But hey, we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here. We appreciate you for hanging with us. Until next time, we out of here. Later. <laughs>